0: Yes, I'm going to tell you all about what is going on in the world. You know, it's been a while since we've just had some serious philosophy going on in this show, but we're going to get there tonight. That much I promise you. So hi, it's Stefan Molyneux, and um, let's just check our focus here. Check our color. Are we a little orange man? Bad, little, little tiny bit. Let's maybe take that down. There we go. A little bit better. Oh, it's that a, a little too blue? A little too blue. We'll go back up in the middle there. That looks good. All right. And yeah, I hope you guys are having a great evening. We are going to get it all unpacked for you tonight. Who's better, the Beatles or the Stones? The Beatles if you're in love and the Stones if you're looking at the future. So, hi. we are, I'm going to take some questions. I'm going to go through some news, but... First and foremost, let's just get right into what the hell is going on in this world. Because it does seem to be just a little bit on the crazy side right now, right? Just a little bit on the crazy side right now. But we will get it sorted out. This is the job of philosophy. Hello to Philip. Oh, let's do a couple hellos, shall we? Hello, hello. (laughs) All right. Hope we can talk about how Bubba and Jussie look like the same damn person. Yes, that's right. There's been another race attack hoax. Uh, Bubba from NASCAR is uh, was all kinds of terrified of his garage pulley, which he thought was a noose. And, you know, the whole thing where a noose is supposed to be an attack on uh, blacks from whites, supposed to be some lynching symbol. I mean, that was all invented in the 80s by the usual suspects uh, who... Um, we're trying to get blacks off some attack on some white guys, and they just came up with this whole news thing. It's pretty new. And, of course, it's all kinds of nonsense. But, uh, yeah, another uh, false flag race-hating event has gone on. And um, let's see here. Sup from Straya. Hello, Jack. Hello, Emma. Hello, Zach. Hello, Jesco with the nihilistic no-lives matter. Soymalia was a better name than the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We're going off the rails on a crazy train. No, no, we're not. It all makes perfect sense. And I'm going to put it for you. When is part four of the Communist Manifesto for Kids? We'll get there. We'll get there. Greet says, Eric, hello to Pedro. Hello to Ruthless Ronnie. Russia looking better than the USA. You know, the pendulum does swing. The pendulum does swing. Hello to Samantha. Hello to Big Mike. Hello to Mark Moogie and Lulu Synth. And Joshua, I guess these are all, what, radio names, porn names? I don't know. Bubba Smollett. Yeah, no kidding, eh? No kidding. And it's so funny to watch Don Lemon and uh, Bubba on the, um, on what was it, CNN? I mean, just such in-group preference. Tell tell me, my brother, how wrong they all are to have doubted you. Hello to Maryland. Hello to Travis. Lord, help us. Uh, I can't really do much about that, but I can certainly do something about philosophy helping you. Can you eat a squirrel? Uh, not tail first. That is too ticklish, and it, it, um, uh, it triggers my gag reflex. When are we Europeans going to start standing up for ourselves? Well, stop funding the mainstream media, and maybe you'll have a chance to. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, did you hear there was a county in the U.S. that um, mandated masks except for non-whites? And, the, you know, the first thing that they do when they get their chas, right? The first thing that they do when they get their chas is they segregate racially. Yeah. It's really quite tragic. You know, this is, I think, the fear and suspicion between the races that's been so fanned by the mainstream media that whenever you have exemptions from laws mandating um, the races being together— then what happens is, like in, in churches in America, like 90% of the churches are 90% black or white. It's called the lunchroom test, where kids in the lunchroom tend to segregate by race. It is uh, also in prison, of course. People segregate by race because there's not all of this—well, um, uh, there's not two things. I mean, I guess the, the race suspicion, which is so, so fostered by the media that drives so many wedges and drives us so apart, far apart, is not quite as present and, uh, yeah, so, of course, the first thing they do when they get into jazz, when they start putting the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone together, is they just uh, segregate. You know, this is the Black Garden, this is the White Garden, this is the Black Area, this is the White Area. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I hate segregation as a government policy. I think it's absolutely wretched. I don't like government policies of any kind. But it's just interesting that when they have this anti-racist place, the first thing they do is segregate the races. Well, that's one way to do it, I suppose. Not a very satisfactory one, but yes. Hmm. Yeah, looking mighty clean-shaven there. Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. How can I help save America? Oh, we are going to get into that. We are going to get into all that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, Bubba, uh, one of the best race car drivers you've ever seen. Mog does write erotica. <laughs> For me that would be very short stories. <laughs> I got a shout out from Steph. My twenty twenty has been made, so Jesco. Well that's uh, that's great dungeon you was twenty nineteen was a bit of a save game we could return to. That would be kind of kind of nice. What are your thoughts on QAnon? I think it's uh not real. It's made up nonsense, I think. Uh, I was called a racist for posting a Larry Elder video on Black Lives Matter, but he wouldn't call Larry a racist. I'm racist because I'm white. Oh, yeah. Like, racist is a communist term invented as a racist term against whites. And it's a way that they can, um, you know, they used to call them reactionaries, uh, people who were skeptical of communism. They used to call them class enemies. They used to say that they had false consciousness. None of that particularly worked. So they've just got a new word, which is not an argument called racist, fascist, Nazi, all that kind of garbage, right? It's... uh. It's pretty tragic, but that's the way it goes. Do you think that Fox View is a controlled opposition? Well, you know, there's a, it's basically an old saying, which says that any group that is not explicitly right-wing becomes left-wing over time. Becomes left-wing over time. And uh, Fox News has definitely fallen. The Drudge Report has definitely fallen. And uh, there's really not much left to maybe you, me, and... <laughs> One rather suspicious-looking dog, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, it's... uh, Are you getting ready to move to Poland? Yeah. Good to see Stefan looking healthy again. So that's the thing. Um, I have this lovely camera, uh, but it's crazy high-def. And uh, I can never get the lighting right, so I just look spotty. So I'm just using a a Logitech Brio webcam, which is a very, very nice webcam. Um, Seems to shave about 10 years off my life, or off my appearance so i'm just back on that um uh, hey steph how do i determine if my father was a terrible parent what general te- checklist should i go through in doing this so you can do it very much like that and the way you do it is whenever um whenever the phone rings and we got our call display on you get a feeling you get a feeling when the call, when the phone rings And when the phone rings, if it's my wife, I'm thrilled, I'm happy, I'm eager, I pick up the phone. Uh, My daughter and I barely spend any time apart, so she doesn't really call me, but that's the situation. So you have an accumulated evaluation of just about everyone in your life called, what feeling do you get when the phone rings? And so you can go into all of this complicated stuff. He doesn't have to be perfect. No father is perfect. No mother is perfect. Does he own his mistakes? Does he apologize when he's in the wrong and not one of these weasley apologies you know like the jimmy kimmel bullshit apology because he's been doing all this blackface and and doing the n-word and stuff like that and he's like well i'm really sorry if anyone got offended you know it's just like you know give me a break yeah weasel bag of doofiness i mean it's crazy um if you did something wrong you apologize and you put caveats on it i'm sorry you got upset it's just a basic way of saying uh, i'm sorry if the snowflakes couldn't handle my robust manly humor it's just very very sad very very sad uh okay all right um so when can we chat about china some more oh well you want to chat about china maybe we'll get into china versus india that's going on at the moment um okay let's Yeah, race car, race car, now I get it. Okay, let's, you guys get comfortable because I'm going to lead you through a couple of thoughts here that I think are really, really important. It's going to bring staggering, if not terrifying amounts of clarity to what's going on in the world at the moment because it's a little hard to uh, to understand. So there's two major points I want to get across. All right. So first and foremost, why do they hate The West, the whites, the Christians, the Greco-Roman Christian tradition and so on. Like, what's going on with all of that stuff? Well, the first thing to understand is that the success of, I'll just say European culture because it's like European and European-derived. It's Christian culture. It's not exclusively white, but, you know, we'll just say European culture. So what is the success of European culture? Well, the success of European culture is not Judeo-Christian, uh, it is a uh, Greco-Christian or philo- philosophy Christian. And that's really, really important to understand. For those of you who think that you know, Dark Ages, Middle Ages was a pure theocracy, no, no, no. There was a massive amount of labor that was going on in the post-Roman Empire to try and reconcile Christianity with Socratic philosophy. And Christians loved Aristotle, like the Christian theologians, they loved Aristotle so much that Aristotle was simply referred to as the philosopher. Not, hey, he was a great philosopher, like the philosopher, like I guess you'd say Shakespeare is the playwright. So they absolutely worshipped Aristotle and trying to reconcile Aristotelianism with Christianity was one of the frictions that gave rise to the Renaissance, the Enlightenment, and so on. So the wrestling of religion and philosophy, of Christianity and philosophy, has been an extraordinarily powerful spark in European history and European thought. Now, both Christianity and philosophy in the Greco-Roman tradition, more on the Greco than the Roman tradition, but philosophy and Christianity are both universal doctrines universal doctrines, and if you've studied other religions, you can see very quickly just how staggeringly unique this is, the universality. See, Christianity, its ethics are not in group preference. You don't just have moral responsibilities to your fellow Christians. You have moral responsibilities to all human beings. Now, if you look at the two other major Old Testament religions, Judaism and Islam, I mean, Islam, of course, is not Old Testament, but they're all based on the Old Testament, right? Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Judaism has very strong in-group preferences and does not have nearly as high a set of universal morals to people who aren't Jewish. The original injunction was thou shalt not kill Jews. Everyone else was kind of fair game. And it was Christ who said, thou shalt not kill, and took out the in-group preference. In Islam, there is a very strong in-group preference. The moral obligations you have to your fellow Muslims far outstrip the moral obligations you have to non-Muslims. In fact, it's quite the opposite in many ways. In just about every religion, there is tribalism. Judaism is tribalism, Islam is tribalism within the religion, in that you have very high moral responsibilities to the people within your own religious faith, but those outside your religious faith you do not have moral responsibilities for. And in some cases, in some religions, you are even allowed to exploit them at will, those who are not part of your religious faith. Now, Socrates, you know, know, the, the classical syllogism, which is the basis of the beginning of reason, All men are mortal. Socrates is a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. That's not tribal. That's not geographical. That is universal. That is everywhere at all times. Aristotle, three laws of logic. A is A. An object is itself. An object must be itself or something else. And an object cannot be both itself and something else at the same time. The sort of basic laws of logic are universal in the same way that physics is universal. So, you put the Greco Roman tradition of universality in philosophy together with the Christian tradition of universality in ethics, and you have a very strong worldview that is founded upon universality. And just as physics gains its power through universality, so does culture and morality gain its power through universality. And if you want to understand, like the greatest gift that the Europeans gave. The world, the greatest gift I would argue that has ever been given the world throughout all of human history, the end of slavery. The end of slavery, which was the prerequisite for the foundation of the modern world. The end of slavery came about precisely because of this universalism. This universalism that slavery is not, it's not just wrong for a Christian to enslave a Christian, right? It's wrong for a Christian to enslave a non-Christian, it's wrong for a non-Christian to enslave a Christian, it's wrong for a Hindu to enslave a Zoroastrian, it's wrong for a Zoroastrian to enslave a Buddhist, it's wrong for human beings to enslave human beings. It is a universal. And the pursuit of this universal was the foundation of the modern world. Because tribalism fragments productivity, tribalism fragments morality, tribalism fragments and causes conflicts and wars. And so the basis of the modern world is the universality that was developed in Europe. Now, the white man's burden of the nineteenth century, right into the nineteenth century, was really this idea: like, wow, we've got this great universalism. What we should do, what we really should do, is spread this universalism around the world. And there was this idea to spread a democracy, to spread the markets, free markets, to spread property rights self ownership the rule of law contract the opposition to corruption that characterizes the modern european tradition all rights for women non abuse towards children the evils of sexual abuse and so on which is not really that evil in a lot there's a lot of cultures and a lot of religions wherein women are for children but boys or children are for pleasure right and it's really ghastly and and horrifying and horrible but this universality that came out of the European tradition came out of the west and tried to spread around the world the reason I'm saying all of this is that there's a huge problem that's going on which can really help you understand just why the European tradition is so hated around the world at the moment why is the European tradition so hated around the world at the moment Well, because universalism slaughters hierarchy. Universalism slaughters exploitation. Universalism slaughters tyranny. Universalism slaughters hierarchy. And I don't mean like a hierarchy of excellence, like the best singer is the front man of the group or whatever. I mean a hierarchy like a political hierarchy, a religious hierarchy. So all power structures around the world historically developed to create multiple opposing categories of human beings. I'm not just talking about like the caste system in India or other places like that, but there are the rulers and there are the subjugated, and they're both recognized as human beings, but they're put in opposite categories, like the aristocrats uh, and the king was put there by God and you were supposed to be their slave, and opposite moral categories of human beings was foundational, is foundational to all oligarchical power structures around the world. How do you rule people? You tell them that they're lesser and you're greater and you're put there by God or by the common purpose or by the will of the proletariat or the social good or whatever it is. You have some divine or collectivist dispensation to rule over them because you're fundamentally different human beings. Universalism plows down and erases that. You know, think of the, the, like it's like a bloody house of cards that's erected to keep the, bosses on top, the the rulers on top, and the serfs and the slaves and the common folks subjugated below, and universalism does this, (laughs) blows down that house of cards, and says, if you have universalism, you can't have opposing categories of human beings. And therefore, you can't have, say, in the Jewish tradition or the Islamic tradition or other traditions, you can't have, well, morality is for our tribe, and everyone else can get effed or get enslaved, or get raped, or get subjugated, or whatever it is, or we don't care, or, you know, it's an in-group set of moral preferences. That's the opposite of universalism. And Christianity and the Greco-Roman philosophical traditions promote universalism. But here's the problem. All of the hierarchies of the non-European cultures are built on tribal, subjective relativism. And if you think of all of the the Brahmin and the people at the top of the caste system in India, they survive that way by pretending that there are separate and opposing classifications of human beings. You know, the lower caste members are so revolting and disgusting under the old caste system, they had to, when they walked out of the room, they had to walk out backwards and sweep the floor so that the higher caste members wouldn't have to step in the filth of their dust and detritus as they'd walked out. So all of these other power structures in the world face and stare down the universalism of the Greco-Roman Christian European tradition, and they hate and fear it because if it spreads, if it spreads, then power structures around the world, which benefit elites of every race, color, and creed, are fundamentally threatened. So this hysterical anti-European, anti-white, anti-Western narrative comes spraying out of these house of cards power structures that exist all over the world. And are not even, it's not even just threatened. They are fundamentally overturned if the universalism spreads. If the universalism of the European tradition spreads... then those power structures come down like the House of Cards. And so the fundamental definition of human being, qua human being, the human being relative to his or her humanity versus human being of tribalism, of in preference, of me good, you bad, us good, them evil, moral obligations only for those with the secret handshake of the local culture, religion, or code, that capacity for us to see each other As human beings as equals as with our common humanity that threatens the power structures around the world and that's why they pump so hard all of this anti European anti-christian anti white male into the stratosphere that's why all of this hatred is occurring because a plethora a near-infinite plethora of power structures around the world will fall if universalism takes hold in the minds and hearts of the people so we must be demonized because we bring down the demons we must be attacked because our perspectives attack others now of course i'm not just talking about other cultures other religions other countries because even within the west we have now sliced and diced humanity into a wide variety of categories right so (laughs) i mean there are the The communists and the anti-communists, who are always evil, racist, xenophobic, Nazis, and so on, right? That's sort of a given. But there are people who can counterfeit money, called the Federal Reserve, the central banking, and the people who can't. There are people who can initiate the use of force, those in the state, and the people who can't. There are the people who can control interest rates and enter into contracts on behalf of others, even the unborn and those for whom that would be completely illegal, which is the government versus the common population. There are those who can type whatever they want. Into their own bank accounts, and those who, if they try and shave a tenth of a penny off multiple transactions, office space style, they go to jail. So we've already, we've sliced and diced like we've lost the universalism here in the West, and uh, but the remnants of it that rem, remain remain in the Christian tradition, and remain in the Greco-Roman philosophical tradition, which is where I come from, right? I mean. So I come from the Aristotelian tradition, particularly the Socratic tradition and the uh, objectivist position, or I guess it's a tradition now, but that's where I come from, where I'm always seeking to find the universals, right? What is my theory of ethics? The theory of ethics, I believe, that works. It's called universally preferable behavior. It's the universally that drives people crazy. It's the U in the UPB that drives people crazy because that universalism is a psychic combine harvester that just plows down the house of cards, however tall they are, they're still house of cards, ruling classes. To universalize ethics is to destroy the structures that rule us. That's the power that philosophy has. That's the power that universally preferable behavior has. And that's why the theory of ethics produces such irrational hatreds on the part of people because they know what a powerful weapon it is against the powers that be. So that's one thing I wanted to mention. So you know why you hate it. So you don't take it personally. I mean, I don't. I I mean, I know that there's... I mean, look, I'm perhaps one of the most loved and hated people in the world because I get, you know, so much love and support from out there in the world. And at the same time, there's, you know, a couple of people who just have this, you know, weird, pathological, psycho stalker, stalker Hannibal Lecter hate on for me. They want to chew out my eyeballs using a a ring made of piranha teeth and powered by their own tiny penis hysteria, right? But that is, they don't hate me. They they just hate the universals that I espouse because the universals that I espouse tear down something within their own lives. And usually it's their parents' authority, right? Because the parents and children are also considered to be our moral opposites uh, in the world as a whole, right? The parents can... Uh, hit their children, but children can't hit their parents, right? Ch- parents can yell at and can find their children. Their children can't yell at and can find their parents. And it's not even about uh, mental competence, right? I mean, you say, oh, well, you hit your kids because they're not mentally competent, right? Well, it's bullshit, right? Because when you're mom gets older, your dad gets older, they're called senior moments, right? I'm always, I'm sort of waiting for this in my brain, right? Because I know that my peak intellectual years were in the past, right? I mean, in terms of creativity and fertility and all of that, I'm always kind of like, hey, can I still pull off stuff like piranha teeth and tiny dick indignation jokes or whatever? Yes, still can, good. Still, still can do the backflips. But uh, w- when people get older, they get these senior moments. They forget things, can't forget things, right? You can't remember where things are and, and so on, right? But you're not allowed to hit your mom because she forgets where her keys are, right? But you're allowed to hit your kid if he's forgetful or doesn't listen. Or, you know, if your mom gets kind of doddery and yells yells at you for something, do you get to, like, slap her or rip down her pants and beat her on the wrinkly, liver-spotted ass or anything? No, of course not, right? So it's 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 these separate categories. The universalism does tear down these oppositional definitions of human beings with opposite moral rules, opposite moral rules. Right, The state is thou shalt steal, you and I are thou shalt not steal. The state is thou shalt enter into contracts with the unborn against their will. You and I try to do that, that's fraud. If you claim that some inconsequential good or service you provide has characteristic X, and it turns out it doesn't, you can go to jail or be fined for fraud. But politicians can lie their asses off. From here to eternity, hey, man, it's just called campaigning. That's just the game you play, right? So if we just have, you know, this one ring to rule them all and in the darkness bind them, we have one ethic to bind them all and in the lightness drag them. And a lot of people don't want that light of universal universalism, of universally preferable behavior of absolute universal ethics. Doesn't They don't want that light shone on them. They don't want that light shone on them because everybody's beautiful in the dark. But when the light comes on, you see what kind of giant ass thumb you might be dealing with. So that's the first thing. Now, the second idea that I wanted to get across to you, the first one being, why are you hated? And the second one is really quite fascinating, I think. Not the first one is too, but the second one I think is really quite fascinating. The revolution that's going on the attempted coup that's going on at the moment not just america but in the west as a whole this attempted coup which is sadly going quite well that's just a symptom that's not the cause that's not actually what's going on i'll make a very brief medium brief case here and and hopefully this will make make sense and of course if you disagree i will be happy to take your questions and comments as we as we go forward but look I think it was, was it last, it was April, April, this last April maybe, I did this joke video, you know, like I was running for office and all the things I wanted to say. Now, here's the problem. Once you have a political system where you can't even remotely tell the truth, you set the stage for exactly these kinds of disasters, you know. So if you say, well, why why can't people stand up for themselves? Why don't they stand up for themselves? Well, first of all, you should. And, you know, even to the point, like, if you get fired for standing up for yourself at work, why do you want their money? Like, go go for... Everybody who works for large corporations for, you know, large, woke, driven, crazy-ass HR demon corporations, they... I mean, it, 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 time's ticking away. Like, the sand is running out. You're going to have to go and start your own business. You have to go and find some way to maintain yourself without being enslaved through others. You, you have to find some way to do it because those businesses are the dinosaurs and the entrepreneurs are the new mammals. You're just going to have to find some way. Like you've got to have food in the basement right? You've got to be able to defend yourself, and you've got to be able to find some way that you can have your income be independent of the rampaging mob these days. That's just my particular thought. And legally, it would be very easy if, if Trump wanted to do this, right? I mean, or Congress or whatever, right? Pretty easy. Like, you know how you can't be fired for your sexual choices outside the corporation? Like, you can't be fired for being gay or a lesbian or whatever it is, right? You can't be fired, I mean, outside of illegal activities. You can't be fired for your sexual choices outside the corporation. Well, of course, you should also not be able to be fired. It should be illegal to fire people for their political expressions outside the corporation. Boom. Done. Simple. You can't fire someone for being a Muslim, you can't fire someone for being gay, and you can't fire someone for being a conservative. They so should just put political opinions, political perspectives into the same category of, of, of um, protected characteristics as race gender religion sexual proclivities uh, and so on just they simple right easy easy to do um and uh <laughs> that would be you know using the woke left's weapons against themselves which i'm certainly uh, very very happy to do but so here's the thing i mean you'll notice this of course in Western political campaigns, like nobody ever talks about the debt. Nobody ever says, well, how are we going to pay the debt off, right? It was America, the, the, Fed, the federal government has borrowed like $2 trillion just over the last couple of months, right? There's no plan to pay any of that back. You, you can't talk about this stuff. Now, once you can't talk about just about the most essential thing in politics, just about the most essential thing in politics, it's a one-two. The one is the national debt, and the two is the unfunded liabilities. Because the one sends you reeling and the two knocks you out completely, right? $180 trillion in unfunded liabilities, 10 times the size of the American economy pre-coronavirus. You can't talk about it at all. You can't talk about it at all. Now, once they can get you to not talk about something that's absolutely essential and the very center of your political system, once they can get you to not talk about that, and not only to not talk about it, but to scream down anybody who brings it up. For those of you who watched my documentary series, I still have the last one to put out. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Sunset in the Golden State. I I marched right up to the Los Angeles City Council and demanded that they tell people how they're going to pay for all this stuff. And they pretty much had security drag me out because you can't talk about debt. You can't talk about debt. Now, once they've got you to not talk about the most important thing, they don't care what you talk about after that. They don't care what you talk about if they can get you to shut the hell up and to emotionally react to and attack everyone else who just might mention that. And this is not fundamentally a government thing. It's a fundamentally dysfunctional family thing. Like if you have a a dad who's an alcoholic, right? Well, if your entire family structure is based upon you not talking about... Your father's drinking. It doesn't really matter what you talk about because that's the most important thing. The most important thing in the family is that dad drinks and is a mean drunk or a violent drunk or an irresponsible drunk or a dangerous drunk. If If your family can get you to shut up about your father's drinking when that's the most important thing in the family, they don't care what else you talk about. So this issue where you just... Can't talk about things. We have been well trained as a culture, as a society, to shut the hell up about essential things. Now, once they can get you to shut up about essential things, you lose your capacity to stand firmly and answer questions. So, once they've programmed people to avoid the most essential realities in the world, then you have nothing to stand on. You are literally like a tree with no roots that go into the ground or no roots whatsoever. A strong breeze can push you over. We have to be rooted in facts. We have to be rooted in the truth. Because if if you can say to people, you can't talk about IQ. You can't talk about the Pareto principle or Price's law. You can't talk about the inability of a socialist economy to allocate resources through The price mechanism, which is the only way they can really be allocated. You can't talk about taxation being theft. You can't talk about central banking. You can't talk about government control of currency or interest rates. You can't talk about child abuse and its effects upon society. You just can't talk about the effects of fatherlessness on children, particularly boys. You just you can't talk about any of this stuff. They don't care what you talk about. Because then you can just blather on about oh you know um, diversity is a strength well it doesn't mean anything well it means that we want to import more voters from overseas who will vote left reliably you can say things like i think that access to healthcare is a human right it's like yeah, just it's just it's glitter garbage it's just nonsense it's it's all distractions and I think unicorns should grow the crops rather than there be farmers. Thank you for your contribution, crazy person, but I'm afraid we have real work to do in the real world. So once they can get you to shut the hell up about the really important things, you know, do you remember Ellen DeGeneres? Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres is a talk show host and fairly indifferent comedian. She was photographed with George W. Bush, the younger one, at a baseball game, and people got mad at her. Oh, he was a conservative, and blah, blah. And she's like, oh, you know, but we we got to be able to hang out together. We all can be friends. You shouldn't judge everyone by politics, blah, blah, blah. So they're talking about the degree of arm around Ellen, arm around George that should be permitted in American society. That's, like, his relationship to Ellen DeGeneres is the least important aspect of George W. Bush. Most important aspect of George W. Bush is that he committed the international war crime of aggression and invaded a sovereign nation that posed no threat to the United States, causing the death of hundreds of thousands of people and resulting in the virtual genetic destruction of entire towns because of depleted uranium weaponry, which started the ball rolling with the migrant crisis and sitting there thinking, well, you know, can I be can I be friends with the guy at, at the baseball game? I don't care whether you whether Hitler's in your fucking book club. I don't care whether Genghis Khan and you exchange Chotsky's for Christmas. I don't care if you and son of Sam happen to trade sneakers once. But that's the level at which we can discuss these things. It just came out that uh, Obama and others seem to have directed the political spying on political enemies. It's almost like you. You get your politics from Kenya too, right? You can make jokes about Jeffrey Epstein not killing himself. But you can't follow the trail of evil that leads to all of the people he ensnared in his honeypot underage traps. All the people that he ensnared, and how much they're controlled, and who controls them, and why Ghislaine Maxwell can't be arrested even though people know where she is, and why Prince Andrew can't be questioned. once they can get you to not talk about the most important things, it doesn't matter what you say. Then it's just a war of attrition then. It's just a war of attrition. And how do they get you to... This is the thing that drives me nuts. The last point I want to make, just at the tail end of this thing, and we can either talk news or I take your questions, whatever you'd like. I really appreciate you guys dropping by tonight. This has been on my mind. So how do they get you To shut up about these things, well, this is the problem I have with diversity. It's one of the many problems I have with diversity, is that diversity kills curiosity. It kills intellectual exploration. In a monoculture, you can discuss things, and there's very few landmines, very few powder kegs, very few tripwires and booby traps that are all around, right? So the problem is, of course... If you have a lot of Muslims and you start criticizing Islam, the Muslims will get really upset. If you have a lot of Jews and you start criticizing Judaism, the Jews will get upset. And this is also true for Christians. And it's also if you're going to discuss IQ, then some people are going to get upset and people are going to get mad and they're going to invent all of these terms. For any criticism of any belief system, criticize Islam, Islamophobic. Criticize Judaism, anti semite Criticize Black culture, racist. Talk about IQ, racist. You know, it, 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 there's so much that can be used to shut down important, essential, and legitimate discussion. Want to criticize immigration? You're a frightened, fragile wild, white male, xenophobic, racist. Like you can't have a discussion about anything important because there are so many competing facets of a kaleidoscopic disco ball fly's eye of perspectives that everyone gets upset about anything, something, nothing. But you can't talk about anything. It's why art has become so boring these days. I barely can stand it because you know nothing is going to be talked about of any import. Like God help me, just because I'm a bit of fan of of Brad Pitt, I slogged my way through the stone-faced snooze fest called ad astra where it really looked like space had been not only not only was brad pitt in space but space was inside the helium balls of his non-existent acting (laughs) and you know so you're going to make some movie about some guy flying out to neptune but that's not what's on people's minds what's on people's minds is mass migration and immigration and the weakening of culture and the importation of voters who are going to vote for socialism. That's what's on people's minds. But you can't ever see that in art. Because if you write about that or you try to make a movie about that, there'll be boycotts, there'll be hysteria, there'll be, boy- there'll be uh, threats, there'll be violence, there'll be attacks on the theater. Like You can't talk about anything, anything. Because someone's going to get upset, someone's going to get angry, someone's going to get violent. It's so boring. (laughs) I mean, it really is. I mean, I'm a really curious guy. And I like to explore wherever the facts and the data lead me. I'm sure you who listen to this are along those lines, along that mindset. But you can't, you can't we can't we can't talk about anything. Can't oh, people are gonna get upset, people are gonna get mad. You can't talk about you can't criticize feminism without being a woman hater. Right? You 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 can't Criticize uh, the 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 gynocentric family courts. You can't criticize the fact that parenthood is optional for women, but a twenty-year baby jail sentence for men. You can't talk about that. You can't talk about circumcision being evil. Oh, it's anti-Semitic. You can't. You just you can't. Nobody can have a discussion about anything anymore. Because it's just just mushroom clouds of hysteria all over the place. And that's most of human history. Most of human history, you couldn't have science because fuck you. Blasphemy laws, right? Can't have it. You can't criticize the king because he's going to kill you, right? And you couldn't have a conversation throughout most of human history. Even if you had free speech in theory, and, you know, we kind of have free speech in theory, but very few of us have any real free speech in practice and so most of human history was shut up slave, shut up slave that's all it is shut up slave and after fighting for thousands of years to get free speech we're right back to shut the fuck up slave you talk We'll wreck you. We'll destroy your life. We'll get you fired. We'll attack your house. We'll send you death threats. We'll, you know, we'll chase you down. We'll film you. We'll film your license plate. We'll broadcast it. We'll get the woke mob out there to take you down. That's one of the main reasons I dislike diversity. If diversity meant diversity, like diversity of thought, diversity of arguments, great. I love diversity from that standpoint. I love all the different listeners. I love all the different emails I get. I love all of the different perspectives I get. It's amazing. I've been talking to a guy who's, who's getting me up to speed on just what's happening in the realm of international shipping under coronavirus. It's not good. Of course, the mainstream media won't report about it because they're too busy imagining that... KKK members are fashioning nooses out of garage pulleys at NASCAR. Bullshit like that. So if, if diversity is great, but you get this chilling, brain dead, terrified, monotonous, mono think. Well, it's not really mono think. You just you get terrified into intellectual silence. In so-called diversity, diversity is. You know, you got an open field. You got an open field. Go anywhere you want. Go anywhere you want. And then one group gets upset. So you put a little wall up over there. So, okay, well, I can still go 350 degrees, maybe not 360. I can go 350 degrees, right? One wall. And then, and then they say, holy shit, that wall really, really works. Mm. That's tasty. That's really, really good. So we'll take another group, we'll say, damn, those guys got what they wanted. They put that wall up. Let's put this wall up. Okay, well, 300 and. 340 degrees that's you know still a lot of places to go there's still a lot of things we can do so 340 degrees we can we can live with that you understand and bit by bit well and and what they do is they um they'll put the rings around you pretty wide right and then they just keep building in and building in and building in and then you're in one of those like boom next thing you know you're in one of those winston smith rat cages on the brain and uh Little yellow teeth are chewing their way through your sinuses. It's really, really boring. Diversity is so dull. You gotta watch what you say. Gotta be careful. Don't get deplatformed. Don't get attacked. You don't want to get too many death threats. You don't want that hydra-headed, woke, terrifying mob of idiocy to turn and stare at you and charge up your driveway World War Z style you gotta be careful the blasphemy laws are in full effect and the hell that you go to is in the here and now it's so boring it's so boring yeah all right, so let me get to your comments here. I, I mean, I could do news, but I've done a long time here forty eight minutes or so forty five minutes of just general philosophy, so I want to make sure that I stay with uh, y'all and and um what uh is it just based tribalism, their reason for rejecting universal ethics, any other factors? Well, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. It, there is tribalism. Just to touch on it a little bit more, there is the the, the parent-child relationship, right? So the parent-child relationship relies upon oppositional moral characteristics uh, that the parents are – and it's funny because I remember this. I had a, a girlfriend. She was an engineer. Actually, she wasn't a very good engineer. She kept freezing up during tests. She's like, well, I'll be fine in the workforce. I'm like, hmm pretty sure building a bridge for real is more stressful than building a bridge for an exam so you might want to think about another line of work you misogynist anyway but i remember her parents once came over to 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 visit and myself my girlfriend we were sitting there with the parents and they were very kind of stiff and all of that and then my mother came in and they all rose and they were completely different because now they were dealing with another parent rather than people in their early 20s or whatever right and so you have this funny kind of double ethic right you can hit your children they can't hit you back you can yell at your children they can't yell at you uh your children, you, you can intimidate children to get what you want your children can't intimidate other children to get what they want it's just all these weird moral categories so universalism as a parent comes with a beep 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 backup truckload of pretty fetid apologies right And a lot of the dysfunction in the world is parents who just don't want to apologize for being complete assholes to their children and hypocrites, right? You know, like you hit a kid saying, don't hit, right? You say to a kid, I'm confiscating your toy because you stole something and that's bad. It's like, okay, well, wait a minute. If stealing is bad, then how is confiscation good? And if one child were to entrap another child and lock them in a room, that child would be considered heinous, right? You, you, some kids, you lock them in the room and, and just keep them there for an hour, and, and they just, you know, parents would be like, "How? Hey, open the door, what's the matter with you? I lock a child in a room. But then, of course, the same parents say, you got to go to child. you got go to go uh, to your room without dinner because you were bad, right? If, you, if a child were to confine another child, right? that would also be really bad if if a child were to force a child to sit in a particular place or location for a while that would be bad but parents can do that through time out and see that's just some fine fine super joe nanny parenting right so if you universalize the parents have to sit there and say oh my god did i ever do some bad things as a parent and you don't need to i've now been a stay-at-home parent for pushing 12 years primary caregiver to my daughter Ah, well, you only have one child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Principles are principles, right? It's not necessary. I've never yelled at my child. I've never called her a name, never given her a timeout, never struck her, never confiscated anything from her. I've never put her into her room. I've never confined her in any way, shape, or form. I've never denied her a meal. Why would you? (laughs) Don't you want them to like you? (laughs) Don't you want to like yourself? So universalism in the largest context takes down governments and communism and all of that in terms of theory but at a much more personal level what it does is it says to parents you did uh, you did wrong you did wrong you did bad and um Well, parents don't really want to. They don't wanna really want to do that because it doesn't mean just for parents who've hurt or hit or yelled at or confined or imprisoned their kids or whatever, right? Or kept them hungry for the sake of control. Those parents not only do they not want to apologize for the wrongs they did to their kids, but they don't want to face the pain that they themselves experienced as children, having these asymmetrical moral rules inflicted upon them, right? So it's really uh it's really uh a big complicated mess but you know hey that's that's what we're paid to deal with here at free domain so that's what we take on and oh by, uh please if you can help out i mean it's a pretty tough uh, time uh, at the moment um look at that i'm allergic to asking for money hang on (coughs) excuse me um yeah, if you could help out, the link's right below, freedomain.com forward slash donate. Uh, I know it's tough time out there, so if you don't have any money, no problem. Just share the video, share the podcast, share the ideas if you don't want to do that. But if you could help out, it would be really, really great. I have a big speech coming up and a big, big documentary coming up. So if you could help out, that would be fantastic. Uh, let's see here. 99% of people are boring as hell. Yeah. It is, um, most people are too frightened to be original, right? Most people are too scared to think for themselves because they will be uh, punished, they will be ostracized, they will be attacked, they may lose their jobs. I've kind of set up my life to the point where, I mean, to be perfectly honest, um, I had to lie my entire childhood. I'll be goddamned if I have to lie as an adult as well. Like, if it's a child, I couldn't tell the truth. You think I come up with these theories out of nothing? (laughs) You would be incorrect. Uh, As a child, I couldn't tell the truth. As a child, I had to be subsumed into and swallowed up by the madness of my mother because to oppose my mother in her madness was to risk dangerous physical attack. Like, my mom would, like, throw knives. She, like, beat your head against the wall. Like, my mom, to defend the delusions that she had would get extremely violent. Of course, as a child, like, you know, once I got to be a teenager, you know, once she wasn't doing this anymore, but she was doing this, it became a whole different matter. And I do remember uh, standing standing up to her, like, just grabbing her hand and saying, never again, and then throwing her back against the door. And, of course, she was like, oh, I can't believe this violence. So it's complete cry-bully bullshit, right? So as a child, I was not allowed to tell the truth, or I was massively punished for telling the truth. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, right? This I was saying this to my daughter the other day. Like my mom's big thing was, I don't know, if you have abusive parents, then you, you know this whole sad tale, right? But my mom's big thing was she'd give you really confusing instructions, and then when you'd ask for clarification, it would be like, just do it. Stop asking. Have some confidence in yourself. Just do what I ask. But what you'd ask would be like really complicated and confusing, right? And and then if you got it wrong, which you inevitably would get something wrong, so you can't you get you get complicated instructions, confusing instructions. You can't ask for clarification. So you get something wrong, and then when you get something wrong, you're punished for not listening, right? It's it's a very sad, stupid trap that I can't believe people waste their lives on this kind of garbage, but they do clearly. And so. My mom would say, well, why didn't you do it the way I told you? And I would say, but I thought... And she would immediately interrupt me and say, well, don't think. (laughs) It's a good thing I'm not living my life, my entire life in reaction to my mother saying, don't think. (laughs) Oh, I'm aware enough to know. It's probably in there quite a bit. Uh, Quite a bit. uh, Quite a bit in there. Uh, Did Lauren Southern have a black baby? No, she did not. (laughs) No, she did not. No, she did not. All right. Um... Do you think the current situation will lead society more to the left or the right in regards to government and liberty? Um, Well, that's up to you, man. (laughs) I mean, God, don't don't think that society is going to do anything other than what you tell it to repeatedly and emphatically. So the current situation doesn't lead society anywhere. You hopefully will lead society somewhere. And if you're not, a public figure because you, you're sane and <laughs> have some level of risk tolerance then, right? But talk to people in your life. Lead them to what has gone wrong. Lead them to what has gone wrong. Talk to them. Talk to them. The saying is, if you think everyone else is boring, it's you who are really boring. Well, yeah, I get that. People, oh, your life is boring. No, you're boring. No, I think if you think everyone else is boring... The problem is your standards are just too low, and you're afraid of original people. Original people are kind of like predators to the inertia of society. Like, I show up in some people's lives like a tiger in the crib. Uh, It is really, really terrifying, right? Have you heard of the Burnley FC's White Lives Matter banner, Fuhrer in the UK? Yeah, they're being investigated by the police for saying white lives matter a day or two after three white gay guys were murdered by an Islamist. Oh yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely horrifying. Who do I call to get conservatives in the classification of protected? Well, I'll just tweet about it and and call your congressman uh, and and you know tweet at Donald Trump and say, um, political opinions expressed outside of work should be subject to the same pr- uh, protections as all other protected groups. So, okay, I gotta go rub one out. Be right back. <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of learning how to start a fire when I was in Boy Scouts. All right. Um, Let's see here. Discipline is important, though. So what is your point? Sorry, I'm not sure what that meant. Recommended anti-communism reads. Oh, just pick up books by Diana West. Um, She's great. She's great. Um, You can pick up um, Demonic by Ann Coulter. Uh, you can pick up Whitaker Chambers books uh, and uh, stuff. Well, I've got a great presentation on uh, McCarthyism and so on. So, Somebody says, ha-ha, I actually had that happen. I got locked in a shed by older kids when I was younger. Yeah, it's kind of scary, right? It is, it is. Like when you lose control of your own physicality, it's kind of like a terrifying thing. Like I remember some older kids once was spinning me on, you know, those tires that have those triple chains coming down, and they spin round and round, they were spinning me so fast I couldn't get off, and I really sort of felt out of control, like, I just couldn't stop, I couldn't get off, and and it's really, when you feel out of control of your own body, which being locked in, right, is kind of part of that. Um, and it's funny, this just popped into my mind, uh, I mentioned this once or twice on the show before, but my late father, it's funny still to say, my late father just died a month or two ago, but Uh, My late father, not really the most nurturing guy in the planet because uh, he, when I was a toddler, he was supposed to be taking care of me, but he wanted to play tennis. And so he just kind of let me crawl around the tennis courts and out back of the tennis courts, there was a shed and in the shed was some weed killer. And he was so into his tennis game that I ended up going into the um, shed um, and uh, I guess I knocked over, or opened, or somehow the weed killer spilled. I slurped it up, and I ended up in hospital. And yeah, it was not good. I think that was one of the reasons why my mom ended up saying, "Hey, maybe this isn't quite the right guy for my kids." Uh, Blaise Pascal. All of the miseries of mankind can be summed up simply that a man cannot simply sit in his room alone. Oh, I mean, that may be simply, <laughs> that may be summing it up too simply. You are an awesome father. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Project Veritas just exposed Facebook's anti-Trump. Yeah, they did. And, and please go to um, Project Veritas and uh, donate to them if you can as well. It's very, very important. Nundek, Call It Conspiracy, amazing for a book from 1970 and a short read. Uh, yes. And G. Edward Griffin from the 60s did anti-communist stuff as well. Yuri Besmanov. Did that as well. Show stuff some love. Smash that like. Yes, please, if you can. Did you talk about Carpe Donctum? Yeah, he got uh, kicked off Twitter. Uh, it appears to be permanent because, um, you know, the ultimate meme god, um, they they got him, I think, for what, repeated copyright violations and so on. So, how did, oh, yeah, so it's terrible. And uh, 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 Rahim Kassam also um was uh, i think it's i don't think it's permanent but he's off now for tweeting the news for tweeting the news just appalling how did stefan turn out so well well that's philosophy and self-knowledge and hard work and all of that so um that's one of the reasons that i sort of try and spread the philosophy and self-knowledge that worked for me so well because it does work it does work uh, can you talk about social Darwinism? It's a turn I've just learned in a social media debate. Is it only the state implementation that is untrue, immoral, or dangerous? Yeah, so, I mean, people will always misinterpret this, but as I said before, I mean, I'm not going to spend my life not telling the truth, right? I had that enough as a kid and then all of that. So so social Darwinism, I don't know the exact meaning of the phrase but sort of my understanding of it goes something like this that evolutionary pressures ceased about two centuries ago the harshest evolutionary pressures were zero to five half the kids died and and there was a lot of that so there was a lot of weeding out of weaker members of the gene pool now that's brutal and that's horrible and and there's a a passage i've always remembered from uncle tom's cabin about the women the mothers who always had a drawer full of the baby clothes of the one who didn't make it or the many who didn't make it and it was it was brutal but it kept human beings in general stronger right as 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 all of this stuff goes and again it's not I don't like it and it should never be a government program. But about two centuries ago, those evolutionary pressures began to cease. And one of the things that's really happened over the past 60 years or so is that increased mobility plus the welfare state has concentrated fewer, like more and more less intelligent people into particular areas where they tend to have a lot of kids with each other and the smart people all bug out. And so you have the elites getting richer, the smart people getting richer, and the people who are just kind of in these welfare neighborhoods, these low-rent neighborhoods, just having more and more kids, and you get this bifurcation in society. Like you look at the growing gap between rich and poor, to me, that's largely an IQ thing, that society has become really, really good at identifying high-talent, smart people from wherever they come from and getting them into universities, getting them out of those locations, getting them to other places where they can meet other smart people and have smart babies because, you know, IQ is like 80% genetic, right? And then you've got all of these people who are in these poor neighborhoods, and it's not a race thing in particular, it's just an income thing. They're in these poor neighborhoods, and it's not like everyone who's poor is dumb and everyone who's Rich is smart, but there is a correlation to some degree, right? So you get these neighborhoods which are kind of being sealed off from the general society by the welfare state, and all of the smart, talented people either get pulled out of those neighborhoods partly for diversity initiatives for universities, or they themselves get out of those neighborhoods. I mean, God, I mean, I grew up in a rent-controlled Uh, apartment in a very poor part of town in toronto i've been back precisely once in 20 years um it wasn't too far from the ontario science center and i went to the science center with my daughter and i was like hey let's go see my old neighborhood and so we went to go see my old neighborhood and walked around and i remember as i walked around and i saw oh that's the value this this is where i used to pick up my newspapers at six o'clock in the morning on the on the weekends to go and deliver the newspapers and I'd come here after school to deliver the newspapers. I went up there. I went around here. And this is the, my best friend's house when I was in grade six and seven. And I used to go there after school until the parents kicked me out uh, because they were going to eat. And I always wanted to stay because I was hungry. But and I was, explained all these things to, to my daughter. I don't, I don't go back to this neighborhood, right? I don't the idea of, of li- and I still know one or two people I grew up with is still living in the same neighborhood. One guy I know, his mother died and he now sleeps in the same room that his mother slept in. Oh my God. Like to not get out of that is is catastrophic to me. Anybody who had brains, talent, ambition, drive got the hell out of those neighborhoods. And that's a problem. Now, I don't, I'm not saying there's much of a solution other than I don't like the welfare state and so on, but I really, really don't. Like we just have to accept that these are things that we need to talk about. We need to talk about because not only because of the welfare state as well, you get a lot of people who don't have a lot of potential having a lot of kids together and those kids are being raised without fathers and that further hampers their capacity to integrate and do well in society. And so it is a huge, huge problem. And uh, of course, we can't talk about it because, no, but that's just the reality, right? Okay, what do you think about Alan Watts? I don't really know enough about him. I know some people really like him. I listened to one or two of his uh, monologues, and I just didn't really, yeah, uh, I uh, couldn't really get into it myself. All right, oops. Should I have a kid into this world? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Don't let bad people take away the joys of parenthood for you. Uh getting through to the leftists. Explain ad hominem. And lay out some basic civil rules for argument or refuse to engage without an agreement. Yeah, I think so. Your friend slept in his late mother's bed. You never told us you were friends with Norman Bates. Well, it wasn't quite that bad. Have I seen the Project Veritas video re-Facebook? I've read about it. And this was a group that Facebook was detaching from. And this was their last week of work. So it was not typical, I think, of Facebook. But I do think there is a lot of prejudice. Uh, I need you to answer this question, says Helena. Given this situation, are you willing to place your bets on the non-aggression principle all the way to its conclusion, whatever the outcome? Well, um, interesting. I mean, I know what you're saying. I'm not a pacifist. Self-defense is fine. Okay, so let me just sort of break it out to you what's going on in this election thing, right? So there's this constant goading that is usually not directly violent, right? There's constant goading, right? They're tearing down the statues and, and all of that, right? Now, you have to understand how women fight, right? Socialism is, has a, a, a lot of, like I sort of said this before, like socialism is like female nature with the power of the state behind it, just as fascism is male nature with the power of the state behind it. So so how do women fight, right? If they're dysfunctional, right? So women will fight by provoking you into hitting her and then she'll call the cops, right? So, So she'll take something that you treasure. She'll take something that's not directly you, that isn't going to leave a mark on you, that isn't going to wound you, something that you treasure, something that you love, something that's not alive, and she's going to destroy it. And then she's going to hope that this makes you so angry that you hit her and now you violated the non-aggression principle and she gets to call the cops and your ass goes to jail and your life is destroyed, right? And it, it, it's something that you, that you treasure, right? I mean, you've probably seen these videos or heard of these videos of usually it's some grumpy grandpa who can't compete with video games who it, like takes the, the kid's Xbox and throws it out the window or takes an axe to it or smashes it or something like that. And the kid goes kind of hysterical. Now, I assume that it's the parents or the grandparents who bought the Xbox or the PS4. Can't believe there's another one coming out now. But so they're destroying their own property, which you can legally do, right? So what they're trying to do, just so you understand, they're they're trying to smash up the symbols that will cause you to initiate the use of force. So they'll burn the flag. They'll tear down um, the statues. They will do whatever. They'll graffiti up a building. They will, right? And that... Okay, we can talk about the non-aggression principle with regards to property. I get all of that. But what they're trying to do is get Trump to initiate, to to what would perceive to be the initiation of the use of force, right? And, And that way they can call him a fascist and they can justify a coup. It's a very delicate game that he's playing. It's a very delicate game that he's playing. So, look, if the mob comes to you, and we've seen these horrifying videos, right? If the mob comes to you and you have to use force to defend yourself, Use force, like if they're about to attack you, if they're about to beat you up, if they're about to kill you, if they're pulling out knives, you can use force to defend yourself. That's legal and I think an honorable thing to do. I wouldn't want to see someone just surrender and bow down to the mob if they could reasonably defend themselves and survive. So the non-aggression principle, you need to have the moral high ground when you retaliate. Now, if they're goading you, right, if they're goading you, if they're goading you, if, if somebody's standing in front of you and just calling you horrible names and uh, like, okay, you, you can call people horrible names, doesn't give them the right to hit you, right? You got to not respond to that. You got to not respond to that because then it's so easy to paint you, hey, man, they were just legitimate protests. And you came in there with the National Guard, and there's blood in the streets, and right you're a fascist. I get it. It's the law, and I understand that there are there's ten year penalties for the destruction of some of these public monuments, but I mean God, I think the Supreme Court just recently proved there's really not a whole lot of law going on the um, The judge I think, who has to be repeatedly ordered to drop the case because the d o g is not continuing its case against General Flynn. Come on, you got fifteen. FBI agents investigating this NASCAR news hoax. Fifteen! You can't get any of them to protect the statues, right? So you understand, the left is goading and goading and goading because they wish to unleash a tidal wave of violence, but if they unleash a tidal wave of violence and theirs is first, the legitimacy of the self-defense will be recognized all over the place and they're going to lose and they're going to lose hard. So you do not let yourself be goaded into striking first right it's the old saying don't start fights end them finish them don't ever start a fight says the father to his son but if you're in a fight and you lose don't come home (laughs) right so you got to understand what's what's going on right they're trying to goad trump and the state into striking first so that they can explode and, and within their own minds and within the media, they'll be legitimized and so on, so you gotta grit your teeth and you gotta not do it gotta not do it right, I mean there's this guy who was shot in Chaz, right, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, and he's now mad, I think he's talking about suing the police because or the ambulance or whatever because they didn't come soon enough, it's like like Ras, the warlord was like hey man, they, they just let a brother bleed out for 30 minutes, it's like you declared yourself your own country and you put up barricades. And You said F the police, defund the cops, and then you're mad because the cops didn't come through your barricades and the medics didn't come, even though they're not supposed to go into a place with an active shooter without the cops clearing it first because they don't want to get shot. It's like the ultra-violent version of moving out from your mom's place and then being enraged that she does not still do your laundry. Who's the better man, John Locke or Martin Luther King? Oh, Martin Luther King was the proto-communist who was... <laughs> had a pretty powerful handler and uh, he was a hound dog he was a plagiarist uh, he was uh, he had affairs uh, and uh, oof, yeah John Locke was a much much better dude in my um. I just heard new FBI notes stating Obama pushed for the investigation knowing Flynn's call was legit and it was Biden suggesting the Logan Act yeah yeah this all, all all absolutely garbage corrupt third world shit. Absolutely horrifying. But this is the thing, right? So they wanted to drain the swamp, but you need people to drain the swamp. Right? You need people in the FBI. You need people in the police. You need people in the DOJ who are going to drain the swamp. But if they're all part of the swamp, how do you do it? That's the big question, right? That's the big question. I don't believe that no black kids in Baltimore could read or pass a math exam. Oh, yeah, and I was talking about that, right? So black kids do far worse in government schools than white kids. And so that's institutionalized racism right there. So defund the public schools, right? All right. Picked up We the Living by Ayn Rand recently and found it compelling. Any other Rand recommendations? Um yeah, I mean just about anything that Rand writes is gonna be really, really stimulating. Um I mean my favorite book of hers is The Fountainhead, because it was just so relevant to to be in the difference between howard rock i wanted to be the peter keating that i was programmed to be through the single mom and all that kind of stuff so can you do a show on how to debate well i have a whole book called the art of the argument which you can get at artoftheargument.com and um that would be uh, that would be great black lives matter co-founder is a trained marxist i wonder if she read desk capital i don't think so i don't think so why, sir, you've nailed it. Well, thank you, David. I really, really appreciate that. Have you heard of the Pulse Trap Project? I have not. I have not. Smash that like, folks. I agree with all of that. Um. All right, should we just do uh, let's do one or two more questions? I'm sorry we didn't get to all the news. I'll do it. Do, uh, I'll do it. do it another time. Smash that wife. <laughs> I think you meant like, but you're making a joke. I get it. Remanda, remember Lorena Bobbitt? I I do, but I'm not sure why you'd want to bring up Mrs. Snip Snip. Uh, let's see here. I know a guy who, were, who got hit for domestic for taking his phone back. Then he took her phone. She wrestled it back. He got another domestic. Oh, yeah. Hey, Stefan, serious question. Who will stop the rain? Oh, man, now that CCR song is in my head. More things that are very, very hard to sing along with what three things would you do if you were Trump? I'd fire Jared, then I'd fire Jared, then I'd fire his wife People are afraid to defend themselves against Antifa well no I mean okay so obviously the video is very very important but if you if they are coming right at you and you defend yourself it's almost It's going to be very hard. I don't want to give anybody any legal advice. I've just not seen people get charged in clear cases of of uh, self-defense. Well, except for the cops in Atlanta. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Poor diet is 75% of the reason for this mental illness of the youth. I don't think that's quite true myself. Can't believe literal mobs are a thing to worry in my lifetime. God damn it. But you want it now rather than 10 years from now. You want it now rather than 20 years from now. If there is to be trouble, let it come now so that our children can live in peace. All right. Uh, how do you feel about natural law? Well, I prefer it to positive law. All right. Millennial Apocalypse. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ambivalent about the Karen thing. Like, I do get it, but it's also kind of racist because it's only ever white women. So I'm half and half. All right. Let me just get down to the bottom here. Make sure I didn't miss any. Please uh, drop by freedomain.com forward slash donate if you could. I would appreciate that. Second Civil War is inevitable. I've said this years ago. There's no perfectly peaceful way out of this. What happened to Jordan Peterson? Oh, Jordan Peterson got addicted to drugs for anxiety because his wife was ill uh, and he had kind of a breakdown and his daughter helped him get to Russia where he went into some serious detox. And I think he's just started posting on his blog again after like eight months of not posting. So, yeah. Uh, is it worth getting married anymore? Yeah. Find a great woman and get married. My gosh. Again, don't let the bad people take away the good things in your life. Otherwise, there's, they've won. There's won. <laughs> don't let them do it. What well, are your thoughts of a second wave? Well, I, I think that the protests will have brought herd immunity quite forward. Will the dollar survive? Oh, God, no. Oh, absolutely not. Dollar's not going to survive. No fiat currency ever does. I mean, the only fiat currency that's ever lasted has been the British pound sterling over 400 years, but it still lost 98% of its value. So, Have you enjoyed your socialism <laughs> free trial? Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. What can Trump do about tax censorship? Well, I mean, it should have all been done. It should have all been done As soon, soon right after he won the election, right? You should have started working on tech uh, censorship because this, you know, for those of you who were around, you remember what this was like, like the wild meme wars of 2015, 2016. It was a legendary time to be around. There's just not that same enthusiasm. It's like, okay, well, we're kind of stuck with Trump and Biden's even worse, so I guess we'll drag ourselves to the poll. But there's not this excitement and sense of turnaround, right? Which is not a good sign because Trump was the last peaceful chance for this, right? Which is why they wanted to uh, stop him from getting his uh, agenda through, right? So Phil says, good chat here tonight, lots of smart people. I think that's true. How much longer will the EU last? I don't think too, too long. Sorry, that's a pretty, (laughs) it's a pretty useless Will you do a show on prepping? Oh, there's so many people out there who do prepping shows. I don't think that I can add much to it. Um, it's fairly, um, you know, just get lots of food, get your protection on, uh, get to know your neighbors, and uh, that's all I can get out of the center of the city. What about the fireworks in New York and why? Well, the fireworks are a form of psychological warfare, right? Because sleep deprivation is really important. Uh, it's a way of harming the economy because people who are sleep-deprived work less well. They drive less well. They're more prone to illness. And so it's a form of psychological and physical assault. And, of course, it means that they can start throwing bombs into the fireworks and people won't call about it, right? So, yeah, it's, you know, they did this with Noriega. They played really loud music so he couldn't sleep uh, when they were trying to take him back over, right? So, Will you do a show or interview with Kurt Doolittle or any of the proprietarian Institute? Yeah, it's on the list. It's on the list. Um the french canadian guy you debated that was really weird oh you said weird stuff can you reminisce a little about it you know this sounds kind of goofy but i just just be honest about it right so when i do a debate you know like i'm done i've done my prep i've done my debates i'm usually pretty happy with the way um i performed so to speak so and i i move on to the next thing right um but it is <laughs> It's not an argument. It's just kind of funny for me to see that the people are still, still discussing debates that I had with Vash and debates that I had with um, rationality rules and debates that I had with, uh, you know, just a variety of people. I mean, I, they're still circling around it, and I've sort of moved on to the next thing. Um, I may do another debate with rationality rules if you guys want me to enough. But, uh, yeah, the taxicab geometry was pretty, uh, pretty strange. Pretty strange. Debate J. Dyer 2.0? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I've got a good debate coming up with somebody who's sympathetic to Antifa. Uh, and I, you know, genuinely curious, genuinely want to know what that is, uh, what is going on with that, right? Um, do you think Black Lives Matter has a similar agenda to the Taliban? No. I mean, Black Lives Matter is Marxist, and the Taliban was hyper religious, I so know. What do you think of Sam Harris? Um, I think he's boring. I think he is, um, manipulative. You know, it's not an argument. I just sort of feel like I read Sam Harris when I was younger. I quite enjoyed his, his work. I've listened to a couple of his podcasts, but it's, it's kind of boring and smug and he's got all the answers and it's just, it's very, um, Eight years ago, if that makes any sense. It's kind of fedora and And, uh, I mean, he's he's ripped me pretty hard. Not that that hugely matters or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, just... I don't listen to him because I just know what he's going to say. And I hope that I keep it lively enough that you're not sure what I'm going to say next, yet it kind of makes sense. I mean, it could be completely random and so on, right? So so Sam Harris, um, I don't like the utilitarianism or the consequentialism that's at the center of the supposed ethics, they're not universals. They're not universals. And uh he's very hysterical about white nationalism. Um there are Jewish nationalists that he's not going to call out, right? I mean, there's a, a member, a senior Jewish politician who says that uh Jews are the master race and and there's a you know the biggest rabbi in Israel. Um said that. The goyim, the, the, the non-Jews exist to serve Jews only. And, and 800,000 people went to his funeral, which was attended by the prime minister of Israel at the time. So I get a little bit fucking sick of people calling out white nationalism, white supremacy, um, when nobody else gets called out on it. It's just racist and bigoted and all that kind of garbage. It's just, did you lose to Dr. Ben Burgess? See, it's not a me lose, me win, you know. I don't know what that, you can't lose in a debate. Because if you you get separated from a bad idea, you know, when I had cancer and they cut out this, um, this salivary gland that had gone cancerous, I didn't sit there and say, I lost. What did I lose? I lost something that was bad for me. You understand? You know, I, I had a, a sebaceous cyst or a cyst uh, under one of my hair things So uh, one once, and I had to go and cut it out, and it wasn't like, oh, man, I lost I lost that infected cyst. That's terrible. <laughs> it's like, That's good. I want to be separated from those damn things. I want to be separated from those. You can go get a mole revo- removed that's dangerous, and you don't sit there and say, oh, man, I lost my mole. <laughs> like, no, I separated myself from something that's bad for me and something that's dangerous. So... If you think of a mole, you go to the dermatologist and he says, you've got to get that mole removed. It's not a battle between you and the dermatologist and you lose if the dermatologist removes the mole, you understand, right? So in a debate, if somebody removes an incorrect or illogical or anti-empirical idea or argument from my mind, they have done me a huge favor. They have removed something that is dangerous for me and something that is bad for me. So... I can't lose, you understand, I cannot lose in a debate any more than you can lose by having a tumor removed. You can't lose. You get to win. You get to live. If I hadn't had that tumor removed, I wouldn't be here and the show would be (laughs) a whole lot quieter. So, yeah, this idea that uh, I destroyed him, he lost. He's like, come on. You can't lose in a debate. Now, if you're petty and, and shallow, I guess you feel like you lose or whatever it is, so. All right. Is it dangerous to cut off skin tags by yourself? I don't know. Just go get that that uh, freeze freeze stuff, in my opinion, right? All right. Well, if you don't learn anything, you lose. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. All right. What do you think about Trudeau's usurpative firearms ban? That's terrible. Um, Diversity always comes with firearms bans for the domestic and honest population it's very very sad uh, i think people are challenging it and hopefully they'll get somewhere rumors true you lost a debate to sam hyde <laughs> i don't think no i've never i've never debated sam hyde was mlk a communist well his chief advisor i think was a communist so yeah communist adjacent uh, i would say but he was more of a hedonist right he just would you wouldn't want to leave a uh a watermelon and an apple core around mlk he'd probably bang it into oblivion <clears throat> uh, i still think antifa is largely a group of dudes who can't get laid hence the sexual assaults in chairs yeah i mean i think i think antifa uh, they have a lot to do with um they're, they're, they're like shock troops sent out by the single moms to make sure mommy's government benefits don't get interrupted uh, or interfered with i think a lot of them would be the victims of sexual abuse and they're enraged at a society that failed to protect them You know, I understand this anger, this rage towards society. I totally get because when you grow up in a society and you're being repeatedly and brutally abused in the midst of that society and no one gives a shit, you hate that society, man. I went through that phase really strongly, really, really strongly. So, all right, I think we should, uh, yeah, I think we should close things down. Um, Yeah, okay, listen, I really, really appreciate that, everyone. Thank you so much for dropping by tonight. Such a great pleasure to chat with you. And, um, yeah, let me know if you like this camera rather than the other one. This one's a little easy to work with and does make me look a little prettier. (laughs) So, all right. Thanks, everyone, so much. Uh, A great, great pleasure to chat and lots of love from up here. Freedomain.com forward slash donate. Uh, I will talk to you soon. And, yeah, look at that. I went through a whole thing without bringing up any news. (laughs) Just bringing up a whole lot of truth. All right. Thanks, everyone. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.